previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. Do you know why I'm here? Is it to get this arrow out of my shoulder? No, that can wait. I'm not sure it can. I'm losing a lot of blood here. I'm not here for the arrow. I'm here for the truth. You see, I am a torturer. I learned this skill in the midst of deadly warfare, and I can spot a lie from a mile away, so don't bother playing games with me. As an aside, I am quite distraught right now over the recent loss of my one true love. So I could come unhinged at any second. Now are you ready to begin? No. Good. First question. What is your name? Uh, uh, ben? I, I mean, I mean Henry. H- Henry Gale. Yeah, that's the ticket. Okay, that checks out. But I'm sure I'm going to crack you yet. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go get the pliers. Oh, so much blood. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of See You in Another Life Brothers. My name is Joe and I am a fan of Lost. I think we, I don't know if we've established that in recent episodes and I feel like we're confusing people if we don't state our credentials right up top. I am a fan of Joe and I've also watched this show a million times so I know what I'm talking about here people so get off my back message boards. Message boards. (laughs) They're all they're all hammering me on my getting these facts wrong and saying things like that. And I just I, it, it ticks me off. So I think we both need to stay at our credentials. I've watched Lost literally a million times. What about you? Yeah, literally, literally a million. My name is Andy. I'm also a fan. And man, we got to stay off those message boards. I don't know what they're doing on there. It's breaking my little heart. Every time I go on there, I'm just like, oh, I do this thing for the love of the Lost. And they're just they're getting so... They're hammering me on all sorts of points. They're getting all political on me. and It's, it's just... Ugh, it makes me sick. The politics of yeah. of our fan base. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not something I saw coming, but mm-hmm. it's real. It's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, does, it is fascinating sometimes. You know, you're talking about like... Uh, well, Jack clearly represents the uh, Democratic Party and Locke is the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I didn't get any of that. There, there's just... But... Anyway, that's the message boards. That's not for this mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. a pure lost show right here. We're yeah. talking lost. We're talking lost. We'll 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 leave that to them. You know, they're gonna hammer us for it again. I know. They're I know they're already just yelling at us as they're listening to this episode. Apologies, but we have a job to do, you know? We gotta do it. And you know what? I'm gonna go get controversial right up top by saying this episode that we're doing today, one of them, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Hot take, hot take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I actually have it. This I'm. This is a hot take. Okay. Honestly, coming in hot. I there there is part of this episode. This is like the first plot line aside from the entirety of Fire Plus Water. That that is an outlier. That you know, that one is very upsetting on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. The the Hurley and Sawyer storyline in this episode, yeah, 
I really do not like it at all. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's 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 upsetting. I, it's one of those where when the episode began and I realized that this is the one with the frog, I was like, oh, come on, not again. I have to see this again. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't care for it at all. And usually there's something redeemable in a, I mean, there's, there, there's probably, when we talk about it, I will discover some redeemable qualities of it. That usually happens, but I just really, you know, I like this episode overall, but I don't like that part <laughs> It feels very oddly placed, that storyline, and we can get there yeah. later, but it's like, okay, we just saw Sawyer literally, basically his lowest, he's the devil at this point. Yeah. And then, oh, he's going after, going looking for a frog with Hurley. And I, I think, you know, it, there is some, you know, yeah, like you're saying, there's some redeeming qualities there, but it's weird. It's a weird choice. It's weird. Part. It feels weirdly placed in the season. It feels weirdly placed with, you know, this Saeed storyline. And to be honest, it just feels to me like something that, like, if it had never existed in Lost, and then you heard, you know, like, oh, the, the writers pitched this idea one time of Sawyer and Hurley chasing down a frog that was making an annoying noise, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that... (laughs) there's a reason that got cut or something, yeah. you know, it sounds like something like that. You know, you hear about storylines and different shows that like they wanted to do, but then someone decided it wasn't a good idea. And it's like, this is one that I feel like got through somehow, but all that to say that is one part of this episode. When we talk about it, that's not my favorite, but otherwise this is a really interesting episode. I, I really like what they, what they do with Saeed in this one. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, the yeah, I will, I will agree, and we could talk more about the Sawyer and Hurley thing at the end. I think it's it feels a little thrown in there, but mm-hmm. um, I, I you know I I said a pretty good episode. Um, it's actually kind of you know I was you know rewatching this one a couple times. Like the first time I rewatched it, I'm going, you know, I don't know. I don't know about mm-hmm. this episode. It, there's parts mm-hmm. that irritate me other than the Sawyer and mm-hmm. Hurley stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff with Rousseau. We can talk about that. But more and more, I want, you, you got to look close at this one because it doesn't really hit me emotionally this episode. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit when he's yelling at Ben there at the, you know, the big emotional climax, basically. But mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, it's kind of subtle what they're doing here. And I think they do do mm-hmm. some pretty cool stuff. Do do. <laughs> um, sorry and uh the, the, the message boards are gonna hit me for that one they're already just furiously typing about that one but <laughs> it's doo-doo gate um but, uh, <laughs> anyway so all that to say this one pulled it out at the end basically for me and i'm like okay this was a good one mm-hmm. this was a good app i mean I, th- I thought it would be a great app with you know it's the introduction of this amazing character who we need to establish this up top. What are we going to call him? I I mean, I feel like we should call him Ben. I feel like okay. we should just acknowledge cuz we're because we're taking a a view of the entire series, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from kind of 30,000 feet but then also getting in, in close, and I think it will be interesting to be able to discuss what does he think of this when we know who he really is? You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a really mm-hmm. important yes. 
aspect of this episode and the rest of season two, you know, when we know what we know about him. So, yeah, when you look at this one as a rewatch and you know who he is, and you know, everything that happens afterwards, this is a really good first episode for him to yeah. establish what type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. This is Benjamin Linus, the man who can lie while he's got an arrow literally through his shoulder and lie convincingly yeah. and almost get away with it. Although mm-hmm. Saeed finally pulls it, I mean, figures it out, but you go, mm, what a guy. So mm-hmm. pretty cool introduction for him. Definitely. So, But I think we need to just dive in, you know, go through this episode I think it makes sense to start with the flashback. Um, and uh, although I will say one thing I did want to mention up top about the previously ons for this episode, mm. um, getting the others hype up much. I mean, it's like, here's all the stuff with the <laughs> others. This is going to be an others episode. This is coming. It's coming. At, it's coming at you hard. There's going to be something with the others. We were building it up for a while now. We haven't touched on it for a little bit, but here we go. Others mm-hmm. Ooh, like getting that hype up, man. They it and it's funny because it's like they they do that and then at the end of the episode they kind of the you know not to I mean we'll get there but you know the whole question is like do you remember who mm-hmm. we're dealing with yeah and then they kind of they kind of hit you over the head with it at the very beginning of the episode with that you know mm-hmm. um this this is who we're dealing with and then suddenly we begin with no indication until. 25% into the episode or whatever, you know, that this is about the others, but. But I think that's significant that have you forgotten? Yeah. When we're, yeah. Because you can easily forget about the, everything that happened there when we've been so kind of entrenched in this, mm-hmm. what's going on between Jack and Locke and between these different characters and forget about as Locke puts it, we're not the only people on this Island and we all know it. Um, yeah. This is kind of a shock to the system, this episode, a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, So before we get there, we need to talk about Saeed. We need to talk about these flashbacks because they build so much into the um, episode. And uh, I think these are some fascinating flashbacks because this is some of the earliest stuff, I believe, Mm -hmm. we get with Saeed, if I'm not I bet this is the, aside from, I think there's a flashback at one point of him as a kid, right? Yes. Um, and this is probably the earliest we get of him, I would think. Um, uh-huh. other than that, you know, he's supposed to be he says in the episode, right, that he was twenty three when the Americans come to his country and everything. So he's supposed to be like in his twenties in yep. this and everything, and that I, I don't think I had fully realized how young he was supposed to be, you know, that he was, you know, uh until watching this episode. Um, you know, this, like the rewatch. And I feel like that I, I saw it in a new light seeing how, you know, he's supposed to be like a young soldier. I don't think I'd ever really fully comprehended. I just thought like, oh yeah, he's, he's a soldier. He's doing all this stuff. And now he has to turn on a commanding officer, but he's, he's supposed to be young too. And that, I feel Mm -hmm. like that really plays a part in this episode. Um, and it's really interesting to see a young Saeed. He's a different guy than we know him now, you know? And I think that's a really interesting part of everything we see here. Yeah. He's a young Saeed. He's a good soldier as we see, Mm -hmm. you know, um, especially in this first scene, um, with just this crazy 
bombs going off, everything got to shred all the files. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the introduction of Tariq, who mm-hmm. is really flexing his power in this scene. You know, he's saying, you know, you are going to do everything I tell you to. No stopping. I will kill mm-hmm. you myself, basically. He is in command. Um, and uh, I, I, when the, you know, the soldiers break in and then Saeed, I, I, I like how they established the difference between Tariq and Saeed, where Tariq was willing mm-hmm. to let those guys just shredding, get blown away. And Saeed just can't, he's still, and that, that's the way I would describe him throughout this episode. He's got one foot outside. He's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously because he can speak English, who knows where he learned to speak English, but he's just, mm-hmm. um, he's got one foot outside and he's not willing to go full, you know, the, the complete horrors of war, just let people get blown away. Um, so that's, that's a significant difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, it's, it's really interesting. Cause it's like, it's Saeed before he is the Saeed that we know who is like, I don't know. I feel like on the Island we've said before, like Saeed is so cool. You know, I mean, he just, he's put together, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's a soldier who's got it together, you know, um, he's very skilled and everything. But this is a Saeed who um, is, like, young and also thinks, you know, like, his bottom line in this scene is, I'm going to protect these other guys, you know? Like, I'm going to make sure they don't die here. You know, they're about to get shot, um, and he can save them, so he does. But he's also a Saeed who can't uh, lie successfully to the Americans that Mm -hmm. have a gun pointed at him. Whereas like Saeed today definitely could, you know, he sure. could, he could, in my opinion, he would be able to sell a lie, but, um, you know, this young version of Saeed, um, who still is kind of idealistic, you know, hoping that he can save other people and everything. He, he can't make it work. He can't sell the lie. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's still young, still learning his ropes and, uh, mm-hmm. still kind of maybe almost, um, a little naive to the, just the the horrors of the, all of this and everything. Of course, mm-hmm. he's not quite the torturer yet. Um, and he's also willing, another good uh, one thing I wanted to point out here, he's willing to protect his commanding officer as well by lying to protect him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those where they were going to, I think he's naive enough to think that I, I, I'll lie to them and they won't figure out it's Tariq. Mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to get away with this as, you know, the next scene kind of points out the, the laughability of it where it's like, welcome to Hilla. Ha, yeah. We gotcha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's doing all he can basically to try to make mm-hmm. the best out of the situation, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it feels like, I don't know, as a viewer, you're almost like, uh, yeah, he's doing a good job, isn't he? But they see right through him. You know, I mean, he, he he doesn't stand a chance basically. Yeah. And so we get that next scene where, uh, the soldier comes up, looks a little familiar. Wait, Mm -hmm. I know that guy. That's Kate's fake father. (laughs) Kate's fake dad shows up and says, we need your help because you know how to say the word formally, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's, I mean, that's all it takes. I mean, if you know the word formally, you are set, right? He passed the test. Yep. It's perfect. So that the scene where they're having him translate, um, and I do like the, the progression of Saeed, you know, we think about he's a communications officer. Mm-hmm. It starts down a path, basically, of him. First, first he's translating, mm-hmm. and then he's torturing. You know, it's one of those where it's like, I like that. This, the, I'm just thinking about the, the difference there, mm-hmm. where it gets more and more cold. He's coercing the details out of him. He's going down further and further down the communication. Mm. Like, it's getting worse, basically, what I'm trying to say there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but... Starts out and he feels like he's betraying his country, as Inman points out later, by communicating. Yeah, I mean, he, he feels like he's betraying his country. And, I mean, yeah, he's he's put in this position where he's not only uh, having to question a fellow soldier, you know, a fellow officer or anything. It's his commanding officer, you know, a guy who is above him, yeah, who is telling him who gives him the order to, you know, grab that guy's gun and, and kill as many as you can, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, the the version of Saeed who has not experienced, you know, battle in the way that we know and, you know, hasn't seen the horrors of war in, in the ways that we know he has by the time he's on the island. And so he's kind of this young guy who's like, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to take his gun, you know, just, just answer the question and they won't kill you, you know? Yeah. He's got one foot out. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of makes me think of, and I was trying to make connections between this and solitary, you know, how in solitary mm-hmm. he's so firmly entrenched. Now he's older and he's just, he's a, he's a true and true Iraqi soldier, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's not willing to, step outside that he doesn't have the courage as he tells mm-hmm. Nadia and Nadia thinks he has more than he knows. And, uh, here, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he doesn't have the courage to be his commanding officer in a weird way, you know, cause his commanding mm-hmm. officer is willing to go to the death for what he believes in. Right. Um, so it's kind of a, yeah. Saeed is always sort of caught in between. It seems with a lot of this throughout mm-hmm. um but um yeah as Tariq puts it you are a disgrace you're an Iraqi soldier steal his gun kill them all so you just can't bring himself to do it mm-hmm. because one one thing to point out here is I, Saeed throughout this episode is sort of he's got one foot out in a way that he's looking at these horrors and he's seeing them for what they are versus mm-hmm. Tariq, who is looking at them and seeing them as glory, basically like mm. this, this will win you glory. And Saeed's like, what? It's like when, you know, it, thinking about that when, um, in, uh, the greater good yeah, with him and Hassan, where he's like, this is, this is what we were meant to do with blowing ourselves up. And Saeed's looking at that going, you're not going to win glory for that. That's, this is, look at this, mm-hmm. but I need to get to Nadia. So one foot outside. Yeah. And, and I always think of Saeed, you know, as kind of a logical 
you know like that is that is part of his character he's he's very logical um and you see that even in this episode i i really like the writing throughout this episode for um showing kind of his motivations at different times because you know he's he's really trying to reason with this guy but also you know not he's he feels like he's betraying his country but he's also just trying to bottom line it for him you know like hey like just tell it to them so that they don't kill you you know and then later on he's like this information doesn't mean anything to you you know Mm -hmm. and you would rather me risk my own life or kill myself or anything because of it you know and he's trying to be logical of you know if you just tell them that's all they want (laughs) Mm -hmm. but this guy you know he's 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 uh entrenched in you know their mission and willing to go to go to his death for it you know he, mm-hmm. he would not compromise for for anything sort of the like the pride of thinking god's on your side sort of thing where he's like mm-hmm. this is i'm not willing to see any reason here because this is the hill i'm dying on it here and saeed you know, is trying to point out the the horrors of the situation as well, where it's like, yeah. but he won't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the scene with, um, well, we don't get his name in this episode, but once again, mm. I think we just need to say this is Inman. We yeah, really are, I I'm really looking forward to uh, when we get to the finale here where we actually get more with Inman and just kind of based on this episode, getting more of his, does, does he talk about his time in the war at all in the episode? I feel like he does. I bet he does. Yeah. I really don't remember. Yeah. And I'd I'd be fascinated to hear how he tells the story and why he left the Mm -hmm. military as well, Mm -hmm. because you get the feeling that he, has one foot out too mm. as he interacts with Saeed throughout here. As he puts it, loyalty is a virtue, but unquestioning loyalty, I don't think that's you. Mm-hmm. And then he shows him the video. Look at what war does to people. This is, don't get blinded by it. You know, mm-hmm. don't get blinded by just the, the tribalism and everything. This guy is killing people on his own side too. So mm-hmm. it's, pretty horrific yeah yeah it's interesting because inman kind of you know at at first viewing i almost thought of that line where he's like you know i don't think that's you and i was like that that feels a little cliche almost you know like every every episode is always about the central character you know and it's like who are they you know and it it almost feels on the nose but i really think it you know he's got his personnel file you know he he does have that information about him and maybe through seeing you know how he has obviously been trying to just reason with his commanding officer um maybe he does really kind of get a little bit of who Saeed is because Saeed is trying to be logical and reason with um his his officer and so he's just like I Hey man, I'm going to bottom line this for you. That guy killed people, you know, is the reason that uh people within 
the village that it wasn't the village that he lived in right but it was just one that he knew people in relatives were in that village yeah right Mm -hmm. and he's like you're not gonna let that stand are you you know i mean he's he's very logical with saeed so i i feel like he does kind of get who he's dealing with in a way Mm -hmm. and i another thing about this scene when saeed is watching the video just Mm -hmm. the moment nabeen andrews great job there just yeah the the look on his face and you just get the feeling that this is a young saeed this is the first time he's witnessed i mean he's been a soldier but witnessed just the the true horrors of war where innocent people are killed Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that uh, it's a crucial turning point where he's like okay yes i cannot let that stand and he's even willing to learn how to torture people. I like I, I think it's so fascinating mm-hmm. that, you know, we think about Saeed. He's, he became a torturer. Mm-hmm. And he became a torturer because the Americans taught him to torture. He didn't become a, yeah. a you know. And that's where he got his skill. Um, it's the same, it's sort of a similar thing with the greater good where he was, you know, the mm. reason he was working for the Americans. No, he's always got one foot outside. So mm-hmm. keep going back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, going back to what you said about uh, Naveen Andrews, I, I wrote down in my notes about this, like, yeah, that was, that was the Emmy scene in, in my yes. opinion, you know, just seeing, because it, it's not only somehow whatever he did during that scene just really sold it for me that like, it wasn't just that he was horrified. It was this almost feel of like innocence for him. You know, like you were saying, like, like this is a guy who is for the first time having his eyes open to the horrors of war, you know? And it's not just that he's, you know, horrified by it. It's that it's, it's like this new realization too. And that's just all in his reaction to this video, you know? Um, and yeah, it's just a very, you can see how he would turn at that point to, to, you know, being willing to do things like he says later in the episode that he never thought he was capable of doing until that point. Um, you can see how, how the turn kind of happens for him in this scene. Mm-hmm. It's Saeed, the ultimate, ultimate man of logic, you'd mm-hmm. say that's the. Mock's the man of faith. Jack's mm-hmm. the man of science. Saeed, the man of logic. His greatest skill, not, not his greatest skill, but his his skill, that, mm-hmm. you know, he's the torturer. That's, he's become to define himself as torturer, as we see later in yeah. the episode, was gained out of emotion. Mm. I think that's, that's, because clearly he's like, I didn't think I was capable of that. I don't know how much they taught him either. That's another thing about this episode. I'm like, did he learn from them to torture a guy? Or did he just, did they just give him the toolkit and he goes in there? Uh-huh. But he does it. And he's super effective at it, obviously. Because he has that righteous indignation that comes from mm-hmm. it, like the guttural emotion of seeing injustice. And he doesn't fully understand it. But it works. I mean, it's... It's brilliant in this episode because that's that's where he became a torturer, and then we see it again with him and Ben, mm-hmm. and we kind of understand. Saeed doesn't fully understand his skill, 
or where exactly it comes from, but it comes from that, you know, mm-hmm. almost a spiritual, even emotional place in a sense. So that's a really, I feel like that really kind of unlocks this episode in a way, you know, realizing that, yeah. you know, this guy who is so, who is so defined by, you know, his intelligence and his logic that um, he is, he is driven to this thing that comes to define him being a torturer because of an emotional experience, you know, it, a because of strong emotions and especially emotions of, yeah, like you were saying, like righteous indignation, you know, like true anger at um, injustice, <laughs> you know, at, at something, you know, truly horrific being done. Um, that's the thing that drives him to do something that, as a logical person, he would think he's not capable of doing. Mm-hmm. He probably could would never have envisioned himself when he joined the army, like torturing his commanding op, getting to a point where he would do that. Right, and that's why his commanding officer laughs, like literally. He's not like kind of that's a real laugh. He's like, this guy, mm-hmm. this guy's one of my best soldiers. He is fully on board, but he didn't realize he had one foot outside, and I just like. The guy who plays Tariq does a great job when finally the the die turns there and it's like he realizes. Yeah, yeah. There, it's it's kind of funny. There's two different moments in this episode where a person kind of looks at Saeed and is like, oh, I yeah. am <laughs> I am not in a good position right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we need to dissect a little bit the, the dialogue that builds up to that point. Yeah. Um, where he says, you know, it's ridiculous. You're never going to do this, Saeed. You're a loyal soldier. I like that little insight about Saeed's father, the son of a great hero. Mm. You know, everyone on Lost has daddy issues. Saeed, is, <laughs> we never get his his father. But in a weird way, he even does here too. Because his dad mm. was obviously just completely loyal, completely mm. obedient, did what he was told. Probably if he had, you know these atrocities he would have still been loyal mm-hmm. and so Saeed is sort of rebelling against his father here as well so I like that little detail um, and then he says no kill yourself now basically take your own life Tariq says and uh, Saeed's response you would have me take my own life the information <laughs> means nothing to you like this is this is the truth okay this doesn't matter to you this this pilot no Mm -hmm. just give me the information and respect me that much and then he spits on him Mm -hmm. it's like saeed realizes oh this guy does not value human life at all he just values Mm -hmm. you know being loyal to his country and uh yeah crazy yeah yeah the that line, I just, I love that line. The, um, you would have me take my own life. The information means nothing to you. Like, it's like his last ditch effort to say, like, can you just look at how pointless this is? Yes. You know, like, just think about it logically. It's just information. It's just information that has no consequence for you at all. But you would rather me kill myself than you give that information over, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to then, yeah, spit in his face, it's like, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess Saeed is now going to have to do what he didn't want to do. <laughs> yep. It's just that that's it. All right. You're doomed, buddy. Gonna take out the pliers. Don't want to know what he's doing with those pliers. Oh, I'm so glad we don't actually get like, and it's so effective, you know, yep. the way they they reveal, you know, that that he did end up torturing him. But I'm so yep. glad we don't have to see any of it. <laughs> yeah, when we realize, you know, he brings the box out afterwards, and that the pilot was dead. This was all, all pointless, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the look on Inman's face when he gives him the box and he walks away. I, I Inman is a fascinating. I, that's why I'm looking forward to uh, the finale here when we get mm-hmm. to him again. Especially fascinating because of the next scene. Mm-hmm. When we get the final, this final conversation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Before that, we get a picture of young Kate in the uh, overall. <laughs> that's fun. Like, oh, hey, in case you didn't remember, that's Kate's fake dad. I I understand why they put that in there, but it it annoyed me a little bit because I, I don't like things being so spelled out yeah. sometimes, you know, I'm like, like we, we get it. You know, we can, th- this fan base is really going to put it together. You don't have yeah. to, <laughs> you don't have to remind us, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I wonder if that was, I bet that was a real Evangeline Lily, you know, I'm sure it was from her childhood. It, it definitely looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only Kate scene we get in this whole episode. Anyway, um got the week off uh (laughs) anyway so but as i was saying this scene between the two of them where you know inman says and now you got yourself a new skill set and saeed is you know adamant about i'm never going to do that again one human being should never do that to another because he's back in his logical mind you know he's not in that emotional set set we see that there but this point this next line with from Inman I I overlooked it almost completely overlooked it and I've probably noticed it in past the Mm. fact that he says it in Iraqi he said you know he speaks Saeed's language and tells him one of these days there will be something you need to know and now you know how to get it Mm. it's like that that hit me where I was like wait he knew how to speak he, he could have interrogated the. He could have interrogated Tariq. Mm, yeah, but he got Saeed to do it for him, so he could keep his hands clean. That's crazy. When I, I just I, I, you put that together, you're like, oh, that's Inman, you dog. Man. <laughs> that but, is crazy. Yeah, and the look on because they, they they did that on purpose because Saeed has the look on his face like he looks at him like shocked. And then uh-huh. realizes, ah, oh, you didn't need me to translate. You didn't need me to do any of that, but you got me to do it. You got me in your pocket. You manipulated me. A theme and lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's like, well, now you know how to manipulate or you know, coerce information out of other people too. So sort of like, I did you a favor by doing this to you, even though basically you turned him into something he hates now. He's torture. Right. Crazy. Yeah, that I I love how, yeah, it doesn't even really go like they don't even point it out. It's just kind of, oh, that's why he did this. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think that's what they were going for there. Could be, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those where it's probably more effective to have Saeed do it because he knows the guy too. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, Inman's like, I know your language, mm-hmm. so I know you, Saeed. Um, but Saeed saying, "I'll never do it again." Sure, you won't, Saeed. Sure, you won't. Yeah. Yep. The only other thing I wanted to say about this scene is that green screen, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do. I, they, it's tough. They do a fairly good job throughout this. I mean, to make it look like it's it's well well done. But yeah, the green screen. I have to say, like I, this is the first time I ever noticed that they used a green screen in this episode. <laughs> You know, like I and because like in the past, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, it's just easier to notice like stuff now, you know, in retrospect, because they like they can do that so much easier and everything these days. But it was just interesting watching this for the first time, realizing like, oh, yeah, there's when they do kind of like sweeping shots of, you know, kind of the setting uh, throughout this, the flashbacks. It's like, oh, that that building is definitely, you know, just a green screen. Like that part of the screen is just, they just artificially added that. But, um, but like at the time for a, you know, TV series to do that, it's like, that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's more, I I'm watching all these episodes on the old DVD on a DVD player. I had mm. been watching on like 4k, like watching some on the Amazon prime and whatever. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't even, I, you know, I'm like, that looks, you know, it looks like I remember it, but I'm sure if you watch it in like, you know, ultra HD 4k, you're like, Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't made for that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm sure it's very apparent. But. Yep. So yeah, that's where Saeed's flashbacks end. And, uh, I think they have a significant impact on mm-hmm. the, the Island stuff. Um, But before we get to that, I think it's about time for us to take a quick break. So why don't we do that? And we'll be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. Did you like that? I think adding the little See You in Another Life Brothers sounds a little more official. It it feels a little bit more like a radio program, you know, like a welcome back. I almost feel, I don't know why I just thought, I feel like it's like a dateline, you know, like one of those, like, uh, I'm Keith Morrison. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) They, they do kind of have to change it up a little bit, you know, like the tone, just Mm -hmm. welcome back to see you in another life, brothers, you know. Saeed was an ordinary guy. (laughs) Unfortunately, they had to teach him to torture. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of. That's too much fun. Well, we'll stop. Uh, Bill Hader does better, but um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about all the other impressions he does. Like the, mm-hmm. I I don't remember his name, but you know, uh, you know when you find a guy out in the woods, uh, they normally don't tie him up in a big knot. But you didn't do that, did you? You know, I forget which guy he did. You know, classic. <laughs> we'll leave it to Bill Hader. This isn't a Bill Hader podcast, though. We can't. We're gonna. <laughs> How many different podcasts have we had ideas to start at this point, Matt? We're going to do a Bill Hader podcast. We're going to do a just we'll do a we'll do all the podcasts. I I would I would love a Bill Hader podcast. We could talk about Barry. You know, that's yeah. a great show. That'd be that'd be fun. That's that'd next. Fun. 
next <laughs> next time. Once we finish all 120 <laughs> episodes of Lost. Maybe by um, then Barry will be done and we can we can just do the whole series. Maybe yeah, maybe. But anyway, back to Lost, back to Saeed, back to the island. This is the part of the episode that annoyed me. Um, where mm. I'm just watching it going. It, it, uh, okay, first thing. Anna Lucia comes out of the jungle <laughs> and says, where's Jack? And then Saeed's like, take me, you know. This just seems so out of character for Anna Lucia. Like, she finds uh-huh. this woman in the jungle and she doesn't conf- doesn't go right up and confront her and basically, like, assume she's another and go all shoot Shannon on her, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it seems... And then the fact that Saeed can just say to her, go back, Anna Lucia, and don't tell anyone what you saw. Like, and it's Anna Lucia does it. I did think, well, I guess she she might feel a little guilty when it's Saeed. Saeed might be the only one to have the authority to tell her to do that at this point. But... Mm-hmm. It just seemed out of character. It It is weird because it, it does feel like this scene and then there's there's another scene later on. I'll, I'll mention it when we get there, but it, it just feels uncharacteristically. It sounds harsh, but like uncharacter, uncharacteristically like lazy writing for Lost, sure, sure, you know, sure. where it's just like they needed Saeed to be the one who finds Rousseau, but they didn't, they didn't want it. Like, I don't know. They needed yeah. someone else to like find her first and then find it. And it's just, ugh, it just, there, there had to have been a better way to do this. You know, it's just two mechanisms of building dramatic tension. Okay. Saeed doesn't find her. Anna Lucia finds her and then says, Hey, Saeed, come look over here. Look at what we'll come and see. And then they bring her to Rousseau. (laughs) And then he goes to Rousseau and she says, come with me. Well, come to what? Come and see. That's my least, (laughs) that's one of my least favorite tropes in a TV show. It's like, why can't Rousseau just just say, oh, I found one of the others in the jungle. Of course Saeed's going to come with you to see that. I mean, why (laughs) can't you tell him that? There's no reason that she can't tell him that other than to just build up dramatic tension in the episode. So. Not a big fan. Just, <laughs> just stringing us along for feels like five minutes in the episode, and you're just like, ah, whatever. Saeed's like, you know, like what? Just tell me what we're doing. And Russo, meanwhile, is like, no, 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 wait. It's gonna lead to this perfect cliffhanger right before the second commercial break. You know, yeah. it's like, come on. Just, just. This, I know you need to fill time, but come on. What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? Anyway, so let's just fast forward through that. I mean, we don't need yep. to talk about you know, Rousseau. Is they rehash? They they have to rehash because we haven't seen Rousseau in season two, so they need to rehash. Oh, who's Rousseau and what did we do last time? Let's just get that out of the way. You could have just covered. You covered that in the previous on. We didn't need it again. Yep. Um, but finally, we get to the man in the net, Michael Emerson, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Yes. What an He's intro. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. It's funny because just a side note on this, I, you know, uh, I like playing Sporkle quizzes online. Mm. Um, and one one of the quizzes that I played um, back in the day was um, name the lost character by their first line. 
Mm. And so this is a tricky one because mm. it, his first lines are help, help me, help, which could be <laughs> anyone. So many. Yeah. So many people. It could be Bernard. It could be, any, you know, it's one of those where you're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot. Those are his first lines. So and it's a, that's a side note. But um, but yeah, we find Henry in the net or Ben, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to alternate between Henry and Ben probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho. So this conversation about what to do with him. Um, I like how Rousseau's like, don't cut him down. Well, what did you want? You're just going to bring me to him and just look at him in the net. And then <laughs> it is, it is again where it's like, if she had told him, you know, on the way, like, okay, so I found this guy. He's definitely an other, you know? So when we get to him, you know, like let's question him or something, you know, before you cut him down. Yeah. But instead she, <laughs> she does the least helpful thing and doesn't explain who he is until they're there. Yeah. And of course he's going to cut him down. <laughs> yeah. Of course he cuts him down. Cause it's a guy in the net and so he's not a monster. Um, <laughs> so they cut him down. And then you think about, I, I do like, you know, that we can think about this as Ben Linus. Like his decision mm-hmm. here to get up and start running, knowing full well this woman has a crossbow. Yeah. This is just the ballsiest thing. Because I think he knew he was going to get shot. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it, it, Ben Linus is sort of like, he's playing chess, we're all playing checkers. He's like, I'm going to play the victim as hard as I can here. Um, I mean, even to the point where let this woman shoot me, she might kill. <laughs> Very easily could have killed him there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just a ballsy move by Ben Linus. Mm-hmm. And okay, this this is just an interesting point to bring up at this at this point. Do they, do they ever explain? You know, if he. Uh, like, I don't remember them ever explaining if he purposefully, like, went out to get caught. You know, like, if this is, like, part of Ben's plan. Yeah. Or or if it, I mean, so it's part of his plan, and, <laughs> like, it's just crazy to think of that. You know, like, especially when we learn who he is later, and he's kind of the leader, you know? It's like... I, I was trying to think throughout the episode, like, why would he be the one to do this? And the only thing I could come up with is because he's the only one when they when they've already lost two people doing, you know, like yeah. being yeah, he spy. doesn't trust anyone else. To... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's he's the only one smart enough to maybe fool them. You know, yeah. like, I mean, he and we see that in this episode, like he is smart enough to have answers to all of Saeed's questions and everything but but yeah it's just crazy (laughs) he's the ultimate liar so it's the perfect Mm. um role for him basically to do this um and so this interaction I like how Rousseau though Mm -hmm. sees through it right away she's like he basically Saeed's like why did you do that Danielle And she says, it's because he is one of them. And they have a moment where they kind of make eye contact. Uh, They have it. They look at each other. 
And then after that, she says, tie him up. And Saeed ties him up. Mm. And Saeed then proceeds and she says, bring him back and interrogate him. And Saeed agrees to bring him back and interrogate him. Suddenly Mm. he's following her orders because, and my, my theory on the, my, the way I interpret this episode, Saeed sees in Danielle, he understands Danielle first and foremost, that she is, as we've established in season one, where, you know, when he was talking to Charlie about how she's a woman who's lost her child, she's willing to do anything. She's been through this trauma. He understands the pain that she's in. And I think he understands it better now because of what happened to Shannon. And so mm-hmm. seeing that kind of shook him, almost like how seeing the video that Inman showed him kind of shook him. And now he realizes, mm-hmm. oh, he's one of them. Which I think has a double meaning here. He's one of them. Not just one of the others, but he's one of those people mm. that hurts, that's a monster. And so that's why he's like, all right, now I'm going to go torture this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I think there's also, I think that's totally spot on. And I love the connection of the flashback and everything. I think there's also a level that I was thinking of in this scene of um, the fact that Rousseau purposefully sought Saeed out to be the one to interrogate him brings sincerity to her, her claim authenticity to her claim, because if she had just, you know, like found him out in the jungle and then like, she could have easily just brought him back to her camp or whatever, you know, done what she did to Saeed originally, you know, like somehow, like tie him up and try and do it herself but the fact that she seeks Saeed out to get the information I think lends her some authenticity of saying she wants to get to the bottom of this so she's bringing him to a professional you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really interesting idea because she she explains to him right away you know like he is one of them and you need to interrogate him because that's what you do, you know? And I I think that's just a really interesting thing. And it's an interesting thing that she does at all. You know, at the beginning of the episode, when she says like, when she's being cryptic and say, not explaining what she's doing, she says she's bringing Saeed to something that will help him. And it's like, it's just really interesting to think about Rousseau's whole purpose in this episode it's really interesting that she doesn't stay with Saeed and she doesn't want to get the information. She's just like, you, you deal with this, you know, because this is what you do. Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting thing from her vantage point, I think. But, well, I think she trusts that Saeed will get to, she cares about the truth because she wants to get her daughter back. So she, 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 she's like, I can't get it out of them. I'm not, I'm not a, professional torturer Saeed is Mm -hmm. he'll get the truth and Saeed looks in her eyes and sees that she really does care about the truth which is a big word Saeed kind of uses throughout the rest of this episode here he's like I just want the truth Mm -hmm. um enough of this crap enough of you know all this 
everything going on here, this tribalism, etc. Just give me the truth about this guy. I want to know if he is really the monster that, mm. um, yeah. And so that sets him on the, on his path for this rest of the episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Rousse- Rousseau's sincerity definitely plays into that where he's inspired by it. Even though she's a crazy French chick. <clears throat> um, uh, of course, of course. It's still crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> anyway. So then it brings us to, you know, Saeed goes down into the hatch. And I just want to, I want to stop for a moment and, a, <laughs> and appreciate a scene that has one of the best bloopers. <laughs> I always think of it when I see this. <laughs> and you can't. You actually watch this scene where he goes and wakes up Locke, and you can kind of see it in his face. It's like Naveen Andrews is a great actor, but he's kind of smirking throughout this. Like, I think he just realized how ridiculous this scene is, where he's like, "Hey, John, wake up!" And then, what does he say in the blueprint? He says, "I can't quit you, baby," or something. Like it's that. something like that. Yeah. And then he, I think he like starts to climb on yeah, top of him. To or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the the way they film it, you know, just the yeah. angles. And then the fact that it there's kind of a slow zoom on both of the characters too. And it's just like how did they not think this was kind of goofy, you know? <laughs> there are a few weird angles in this episode. Like there's yeah. later when Jack and Locke are talking, there's some Dutch angles. You notice yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And so it made me want to look up the director of this episode. I was too lazy to do it. Like, I wonder who directed this, and I wonder if that guy was directed any other episodes probably did they have yeah but i'm like it's not a jack bender i'm sure but it's someone else but uh it's just it feels a little there's some weird stuff in here but yeah that blooper is legendary and saeed is the king of that is the thing because i think saeed is the king of bloopers on lost you wouldn't think naveen andrews of all the actors but yeah there's another one in season three where they're Oh, where he pulls the... the rug out, not every yeah. nook and cranny, and he yells, <laughs> "Not every nook and cranny." It's a great blooper. I usually when we when we are for the listener when we are discussing when we're going to record this, we text each other about you know when when are we going to record tonight and everything, and oh, we yeah. usually use some gifts and stuff. And I was looking up Saeed gifts, and there's a first of all, there's a ton of gifts of him. Uh, in the episode where he strangles the guy with his legs. I don't oh, know yeah. why that is like the most used gif of him, but there there was one of him just flipping over the rug. Not every nook and cranny, John. <laughs> and I just, just remembered that blooper. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Or even the gif I texted you today of him just winking and yeah. nodding at Danielle in in this episode. It's, also, it's just a classic. I love Naveen Andrews. Weird guy. Great blooper, man. Great actor. It's great. Long fingernails. Um, anyway. <laughs> British. Weirdly British. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to keep moving here, we have... So, uh, this scene where he's talking to... Trying to get the answers out of Henry. Um, and Jack comes in. And uh, Jack in this episode, he, you know, it's the um, do no harm Jack. You know, we've seen Mm. Jack, the I'm willing to torture to get answers Jack with, 
you know, in um, in The Confidence Man, where he lets Saeed torture Sawyer. And I think he's, ever since then, he's been very hesitant to let this happen. So I do like that continuity mm-hmm. of that development, where even though Jack's willing to start an army, he's not willing to let a man, you know, just kind of lie there bleeding with an arrow in his shoulder. Um, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. although Saeed is, because he's convinced he might be a monster. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jack's natural... yeah his natural bent is oh there's someone who's bleeding out i have to fix them you know like i just automatically yeah he's a doctor do no harm you know he's we're just gonna let this guy bleed out on the floor (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah but as saeed says i'm trying to get answers while he's honest answers while he's still able to give them while he's kind of in a compromised position he doesn't understand who he's dealing with here ben linus can lie even with an arrow in his shoulder Mm-hmm. The man is the legendary liar. Um, so Locke being the man of reason saying, hey, let's just let Jack work on him. And then we'll go over here and have this conversation where um, a lot is going to happen. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a weighty moment here where Saeed basically convinces Locke to let him torture the guy. And uh, mm-hmm. Locke doesn't put up a ton of a fight, it seems like here. He's sort of, he wants to get to the truth too, obviously. And it's like he's saying, this is how it has to happen. So mm-hmm. change I, that combo, Locke. <laughs> I love, I really love so much about that scene where that conversation between Locke and Saeed, because I, I feel like, this is one of the best scenes in the episode to me because I just love the tension. Yeah. Uh, and the way they build to, you know, like I, I love him, you know, Locke saying, you know, if you're angry, if you're looking for someone to punish, you know, and Saeed's like, like, no, I'm, I'm thinking clearly, why would I need someone? Why would I need to punish someone? You know? And like playing it off cool, you know? Yeah. Um, And I just want to get to the truth, all that sort of stuff. Um, but like, also Saeed doesn't really, he's not really reasoning with Locke here. Like he doesn't, he's not trying to convince, or he's not trying to reason with Locke and say, you know, like, don't you think we should do this? You know, here's the reasons why or anything. He just basically is like, you know, well, I think you better change that combo, you know? And, and by the end of the conversation, he's gotten Locke to the place of, you know, he's going to change that combination, uh, which is just a really interesting kind of dynamic. You know, he mm-hmm. it's not really that they're reasoning so much together as he's just like, you know, um, this is what I think we should do. And I think you should change that combination. <laughs> and Saeed is able to be so cool and collected about it that I think he lulls Locke into that like sense of, okay, yeah, yeah, I mean... There's that aspect of it. There's also the aspect that I like how this really reflects Jack and Locke's relationship just completely disintegrating at this point. Where he's yeah. like, does uh, Jack have the combo? And Locke, even before he's like, change that combo, he does for now. Basically like, well, That's it's true. all out the window. <laughs> it's all out the window after the long con. We're just like, we are, you know, we're two separate people at this point. Um even though he does try to 
That's just so painful when he tries to reach out to Jack afterwards. Oh, gosh. Shut up. Like, poor Locke. He's just... Right. There's a there's a few boneheaded lock moments in in this episode, you know, minor yeah. ones, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You want me to, to to help you with those uh, those bloody rags? <laughs> Shut up, lock. Um, but uh, yeah, so Saeed convinces Lock, and then they bring him in, and I like how when they're bringing him in. Jack, you know, you get the, the the different perspectives here. Jack's like, let's make him more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shaggy's like, uh, no, let's make him less comfortable. <laughs> um, and then he locks the door. And uh, we need to pause because um, for the listeners out there who may not have listened to season one, there was a moment in season one, uh, in the season one finale where Jack utters a famous line that we like to requote very often on the show. The uh Andy, would you like to do the honors? Oh, I would love to. What are you doing? What are you doing? He says that to Locke <laughs> when Locke is making another one of his boneheaded moves. And uh we have What are you doing? Part two, where once again <laughs> he goes to knock on the, the armory door and he says, Saeed, what are you doing? It 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 I freaked out when I was yeah. watching and I heard him say it because I, <laughs> I had never, I mean, we've just joked about it so much now. And then the fact that he actually just said it in a very similar way, you know, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> it's tremendous. That's the one, <laughs> one thing that he says where his New York accent comes out for some reason, even though I don't know <laughs> if Matthew Fox is from New York. Jack's not supposed to be from New York. I don't know where it's coming from, but it just comes out in those moments. It's legendary. It's amazing. So, great moment. I hope we get a what do you do in part three. I don't know. That's what's fun about this. Now we get to look, have something that we don't know if it's coming, but we get to look forward to it. If we See. do, that will be the perfect trilogy. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You know, I think it. I think we do get one, and it's in the very final episode when uh, he oh. and uh, Fake Lock are running at each other at the end there. He goes, what are you doing? And then they run at each other. <laughs> I wish that was... <laughs> I, I would lose my mind if that's what he said <laughs> they should have done that what are you doing <laughs> the greatest in. callback that no one remembers except for us that would have been awesome Ugh. alas oh, it was not to be but oh well we get we get what do you do in part two and that's good enough for now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so poor uh henry Gets locked in there with Saeed. And, uh, yeah. Um, so these, comp- these these interactions, I think we need to focus on first the interactions between Henry and Saeed. We can talk about Jack and Locke after. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But inside, inside the room, um, I like how it progresses. There's some really intense, you know, great moments of dialogue and different things. And I love the interrogation back and forth. And we really get like in these scenes, you get Michael Emerson when he's talking Mm -hmm. about the balloon and when he's talking, he's just giving these lines where, you know, he does it so, so well where it's like he, he, he's being sincere, 
And I, I wonder if they did tell Michael Emerson that he's what his character was. Like he is because you can kind of see him being, you know, he's lying, but he's doing it very well. Mm-hmm. And you can really you feel it in some of the line readings that he gives where he's being dramatic, but he's being real um, mm-hmm. with it. So, yeah, I I tried to find online and I could not find it. So maybe, you know, I mean, we're going to have several episodes with him as as Henry. But so maybe I'll be able to find it uh, as we continue. But um, I was trying to figure out if the writers, you know, because sometimes sometimes especially with actors who are not who are guest starring you know they might not always have a plan for how they're going to continue to use them and all i could find was that they they were able to like they the producers and everything saw michael emerson and he won an emmy on a different show and they were like we want that guy somehow um and they they decided they wanted him for this character but only for like a few episodes in season two initially and then they were he turned into a series regular obviously next year but mm-hmm. it's just interesting like i'm so curious if they you know in this episode in production if they i i think they had to have known that yeah. he was another but you know i wonder if if almost part of it was you know seeing how good of an actor he was that they wanted to continue and make him even a leader of the others and stuff and um, cause yeah, he is, he's phenomenal for like, you know, as a character portraying, you know, someone who knows what he's talking about with the balloon and even, yeah. you know, his job and all of that stuff, like uh, his wife and how she died and all, all of those details. But even just like, I don't know, Michael Emerson as an actor delivering those lines so quickly is so impressive the like especially the lines about the balloon like the data of how much hot air and all that stuff mm-hmm. there's phenomenal line readings you know for for all of that stuff he's he's so good yeah he's a good you know you, you, he's sympathetic when you're watching this for the first time you're like okay yeah. this guy feels like he's just a guy who crashed on a you know with a balloon you're very believable in that way it doesn't seem like a threat Mm-hmm. but he's also a great creep and that's yeah. you know that's then linus to a t the creep part of it where you're just like and you get that in glimpses especially when they pull saeed out at the end there and he's you get the look yeah. on his face that's just such a great moment where you're like i don't know you, you should at, you're you're at the same time you're going i kind of feel like he is because saeed's so convinced of it but mm-hmm. um but yeah great performance by him throughout these Mm -hmm. this these scenes here yeah yeah his his acting as well as the writing and everything but like it it honestly feels almost like a magic trick how they were able to you know i remember not being sure you know if this guy is another or not and the fact that they were able to do that for like several episodes is incredible (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. they could keep that mystery going so well um yeah it's it's really really cool and we'll get more of that as we go, but I want to focus in on Saeed mm-hmm. and his moments here. Um, the the you you mentioned you thought an Emmy scene earlier in the episode that this monologue uh, here where he's like yes. I was twenty three years old when the American this is like I mean this is like the actor's dream to get this this 
monologue here. Yes. And he does it very well. Um, but I like how he puts it where, you know, reading into the text. Um, uh, I, I was 23 years old when the Americans came to my country. I was a good man. I was a soldier. And when I was, le- when I left, when they left, I was something different, something different. Like, yeah. you know, it's not, I like that detached, like you're a thing, you're something different. Mm-hmm. He's become almost like a, an object of torture, basically. Um, mm-hmm. There. And uh, yeah, he identifies himself at this point as a torturer. You know, that, that flashback moment where he says, I'll never do that again. We see the the descent into, I am a torturer now. This is part of me. Mm-hmm. And I can't escape it, basically. It keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that torment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I hated on the, the writing in this episode a little bit earlier, but I love the, I mean, there's a lot in this episode, the writing that I love, and this is probably one of my favorite parts, this mm-hmm. whole monologue, especially because just the way everything he says kind of weaves together, especially the, you know, I, I found my, I was something different. I found myself doing things I never thought myself capable of. Yeah. But then I realized there was a part of me that was always capable, mm-hmm. like that line. Yeah. And like the music, that that's another thing about this episode that I, I do really like is that once, once uh, Saeed brings Henry, you know, into the hatch, there's like not very much music at all for a long portion of the episode. And it like the silence almost feels kind of unnerving. Yeah. And then in this scene, there's kind of a little bit of background, like, you know, uh, just not really music, but ambient noise until mm-hmm. that moment when he says, you know, there was part of me that was always capable. And then suddenly there's that one, you know, just done, you know, like note that kind of continues into another like motif there. But just like the kind of turn, that's when you feel like, oh, something terrible is about to happen to this guy. You know, Saeed's about to <laughs> torture this guy. It's coming right now, you know? Yep. Yeah, there's always been a part of me. Don't quite understand what it is, but it comes out whenever I'm, I have that righteous indignation or I have that passion. Mm-hmm. And he can't help but torture. Whether or not that's the right impulse for that feeling, it's mm-hmm. another thing. Um, but uh, that's all Saeed knows at this point. What I like about where the rest of the scene goes here. Mm-hmm. Is when, you know, he's questioning him. And uh, the logical part where he starts talking in the past tense. He says, you were rich. And Mm -hmm. Saeed picks up on that and is like, there it is. He's lying. Like, he knows with his head there that he's like, okay, this guy, he can say all these things. He seems very convincing. But the fact that he's speaking in the past tense is a clear indication that there's something that's quite, that's not quite right about what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So I like that there's that logical part of it. But what I like is that he doesn't go, go completely off on the guy until there's the emotional component. Mm. Because then, you know, he gets down and he, he starts asking about his wife and uh, he, he has the, 
these lines that ring throughout the episode. You would remember, you would mm-hmm. remember how deep, you would remember every shovelful, every moment. You'd remember how it felt. You'd remember if it were true and basically like revealing that this has all sort of been about Shannon and all been about this tragedy he's been through and how he just can't, he can't bear it, basically. And then Henry's response saying, this is a mistake. Hurting me isn't going to bring her back. That response is what finally seals it for him, I feel like. Mm. Because Saeed's response, and you can kind of lose it. I didn't take these notes until the very last time I watched this, but I realized you can't really understand all of what he's saying here. But basically, the first thing he says is, you know what I lost. Mm. Like, you, if you lost your wife, you would understand that you don't say something like, hurting Uh... hurting me isn't going to bring her back. You're being very logical about this right now. I know you didn't lose your wife and Mm. that's what seals it for him. I feel like right there, it's like you are one of them Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. That's a, I like that the progression there where he, he figures it out logically, but then it seals it with the emotion. Mm -hmm. That I love that. Like that really, I feel like that makes it all make even more sense. Um, Yeah. I, I just really like how, how it develops into, um, like at, at first viewing, you might think like, oh man, Saeed just kind of loses his edge, you know, and, and kind of loses it here. Um, and, and I, you know, there is an element of that yes. in the idea that like, he, I don't think he realizes until he's there just how much he really did need to punish someone, <laughs> sure, you sure, know, sure. for, for what has happened. But as soon as, he you know like gets to that place and is you know like in the flashback dr- driven emotionally um that's when he is also able to see like oh this guy is not there with me though he is not in this emotional mm-hmm. state over the woman he loved having to bury her you know um and that's yeah like you said it it seals the deal for him you know seals um the that this guy is is not who he says he is uh because he would be in the same emotional turmoil that saeed has been experiencing too um i feel like that makes it kind of a that's like a perfect climactic point for for saeed who is going through this emotional turmoil to recognize oh that guy's not going through the same thing he must be lying that's a really cool reason for him to be able to see through him it's similar to how Tariq, you know, in the flashback, it's like mm. he looks at Tariq and says, this man doesn't care at all about anything he's done, even killing innocent people. Like, yeah. He sees that in his eyes and he's like, okay, yes, I tortured this man. This man is a monster. Um, what I also like, another note about when, you know, Saeed starts to break down and basically, you know, and then Henry, Ben, Ben Linus in that moment thinks, he finally found his edge. What I like about that moment is he's like, ah, here it is. He's breaking Mm. down. And now I'm going to use that against him to stop him from, you know, hitting me, torturing me. Basically I'm going to turn into an empathetic friend is how he sees it, but you can't fake true empathy. And Mm. so he's trying to be like, 
okay, yeah, now I know how to do this now. And so he's turning it around. But I think Saeed, and this is when you think about like the whole series and how Saeed basically becomes a lackey of Ben eventually, I think this is where Ben realizes how much of a powerful tool Saeed could be because Mm. he is even impervious to his manipulation in in these moments. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of a cool thing where... Saeed kind of foils him there and just like, nope, I'm going to punch the crap out of you here. Um, but Ben Linus can take a few punches. I think we find that out throughout the series. He, he certainly will take quite a few punches throughout the series. Yeah. Um, so that's what's been going on inside the room. Mm-hmm. What's been going on outside the room? How are how are Jack and Locke doing? I'm sure, I'm sure they're fine, right? <laughs> This uh, confrontation between the two of them, um, I, I like how we're coming to a, boil, a full boil here with Jack and how he, basically how I would sum this up, you know, we're getting these going back and forth. He uses Jet Locke's faith against him as sort of a weapon, like, mm. I'm going to manipulate you through your faith in this button to get you to open the door. It's pretty mm. easy to do, obviously, but still, I just like that that's the turn that we get here. And Locke yeah. is completely, completely given into this hatch, and uh, we see how far it, how it goes here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting to see them. Yeah, I don't know. Like they're, I don't know. Both characters are such at such interesting points here, especially with the um, idea that Jack has been trying to build an army, and how that kind of comes up between the two of them. Like, yeah. I I thought it was really interesting how Locke says I mean like his his explanation to Jack for like why he allowed Saeed to do this is basically you know like you say that we're at war um Jack but you don't really know what that means like you should you ought to have like included me and and included Saeed you know in that plan almost and one thing that I just you know there's a lot of different things that you could see in this conversation, but one that stood out to me um, in this particular viewing was, isn't it interesting that Locke, you know, there's kind of a, a an element of him being like upset that he wasn't included in the army. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of when he was at the box company, you know, calling himself colonel or whatever you know in his games and stuff and kind of viewing himself as a guy who um you know uh it could be a soldier or could be a warrior or whatever um and like he like what has really changed aside from the fact that now he can walk yeah you know suddenly he's still viewing himself as this guy who who should be consulted if they're going to make an army you know but it's like i don't know it was just kind of an interesting thing to think about in this scene where he's kind of like you're forming an army but you didn't think to ask me you know i don't know it's just kind of a interesting thing but as he puts it you know he was a weebolo he was never the most popular kid Mm. john Locke, that's a part of his part of who he is he wants to have connection with other people. He wants to be included. Um, and he, but he also wants to have, he has his faith, which is 
you know, always going in seemingly the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what's keeping him from, you know, if he didn't have this blind faith in this hatch, I think Locke, I, mean, I think Jack would, might be willing to, you know, let him be part of this army. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, you think back to Locke about how when Jack was introduced to Locke and how he kind of almost viewed him sort of with reverence because he's, he has these knives and he's a hunter. He has practical value. But I think all the faith stuff has muddied it to this point where he's like, this guy's a liability. Let's just let him be with his button. And uh, yeah, and Locke can't can't reconcile. He wants to be connected with Jack, but he can't. Yeah, so it's, yeah. A, it's a fair summary of who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Jack, on the other hand, who's, I like the, the fact that he's so willing to just say, Screw it all, Locke. Let's just see what will happen. Let's just see what will happen. I'm perfectly willing to do that. And how eventually Locke is going to take that same view, but it's going to take him a little while to get there. I think everyone else at this point, it seems like, as you've mentioned before, Locke seems like he's the only one down there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, Locke's not quite ready to be there yet. Yep. But Locke opens the door. Jack pulls out Saeed. Um, and uh, we get this little piece of dialogue at the end here. And I think um, when Jack says, what the hell was that? And Saeed says, he is one of them. Mm. And Jack says, how do you know that? What Did he tell you that? And then Saeed says, no, Jack says, then how do you know? Because I know he's one of them. There's, they're not talking about the same things here, is the mm. way I interpret this. Jack's like, is he legitimately another? And I think at this point, Saeed's not saying he's another one of them. I think mm. one of them has a separate meaning. What he means is one of them, one of those animals, those horrible people that can look at sorrow and suffering and mm. not be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, he could, you know, like he's saying, he can, he doesn't, he is one of those others that can be so callous about taking people about doing all this. Um, mm-hmm. Not just that he is literally one of them, but he's metaphorically one of them, or one of them. Is how mm-hmm. I see this. Yeah. He is not who he makes himself out to be is another way, you know, it's like he, he is an imposter almost um, is what he's saying. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not Henry Gale from Minnesota. And -hmm. that's what, that's all we need to know, you know? Yep. But then uh, Jack does make the good point that I think that's what Rousseau thought of you once. And, uh, (laughs) Then Locke says, to Rousseau, we're all others. It's all relative, huh? Um, basically, like, questioning, like, put, putting this deep emotional conviction Saeed has, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's just kind of flippantly questioned, almost. And that's mm-hmm. why Saeed says to Charlie, like, I can't talk to these guys. These guys don't get it, basically. But uh, mm-hmm. they do make good logical points, is the funny thing. And Saeed's kind of going against logic here because he has this emotional conviction. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of the things. The two Locke boneheaded moves that I wrote down about this episode are that um, Locke types in all the numbers, but then doesn't hit execute right away. And so, like, he just watches the whole thing flip, and then yeah. he's like, oh, wait, you gotta hit execute. <laughs> um, but then the other one was just him. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it kind of cracks me up when Jack and Saeed are like, you know, is he another or isn't he? And then Locke is like, we're all others if you think about it. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man, get out of here. Like, and even, even jack kind of like looks down and like starts rubbing his forehead and i'm like (laughs) i just i just thought that was a really funny moment you know just you know if you think about it we're all others jack ain't got no time for that come on lock what are you doing come on man get out of here get out of here but i mean when you think about it not get out of here but seriously we're all you know to everyone else we're all shut up um (laughs) Yeah, but um, so you can question, you know, Saeed's conviction, I think is the bottom line here. I like how it's not completely like, you know, Saeed's fully in the right or fully in the wrong, but this is where he's at at this point. We've settled on it. That's his character development here where he's like, you know, Rousseau has seen um, injustice. She has felt the horrors of just that i've seen it i felt it he's talking to charlie charlie you've seen it you felt it jack and jack and Locke somehow are still a little callous to it mm-hmm. but the truth is at the core of our being we're, we're we're all sort of shouting out in you know just righteous indignation at this crime these crimes that have been committed against us and uh, we should be this passionate about it. At the bottom mm-hmm. line, at the end of the day, that's what Saeed is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asks, yeah. have you forgotten? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It feels like it's Saeed, you know, you could you could imagine him as a soldier later. Um or even, you know, like, as he's going to torture, you know, his commanding officer and everything, like, uh, I can't forget about the, you know, the horrors that I've seen. You know, I can't forget about what has been done. Um, so I must go forward, you know. Um, and again, yeah, on the island, he's like, I can't forget about what they've done to us. And Charlie, what they've done to you, you know, so like, have you forgotten? And I, I really like the way that the episode ends on that kind of haunting note of like, have you forgotten? And then the episode just ends. I, I think that's really, really an effective um, ending here. And especially for, you know, this kind of, I feel like season two is, is a darker season yes. than season one. And that this is a really dark episode and an effective ending to say like, Hey, this is the sort of thing you know, if you're going to get your hands dirty, you know, we can't forget about the cost, you know, that we have, that they have put on us, you know, the things that they've done to us first. And that's, that's why we're at where we're at. But. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's a great, this whole episode is sort of a question. Have you, what is the proper mm-hmm. response? You know, what is, is the, the proper feet, you know, 
what is the right response to when you feel righteous indignation over something? Is Saeed right? Is Saeed wrong? It's not clearly answered, but it's effective because you're like, you understand where he lands at the end of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a mark of a good episode. Solid episode. Not my favorite, yeah. but a solid one. There, this is a really mixed bag episode for me. The, there's so much in it that I really like. And then there's just, you know, several parts in it that I'm like, man, I really, that is not my favorite thing. <laughs> Speaking of that, you want to uh, talk about uh, talk about Sawyer and uh, Hurley and a frog? I think we need to take a break first. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. All right, we'll take a break and then we'll uh, soldier through this unfortunate thing with the frog after this welcome back to see you in another life brothers one of them edition so i think we've covered saeed did you have anything more to say about little saeed before we move on Mm, no but i do want to just say one more time what are you doing what are you doing yeah but you don't have anything more? I'm giving you the chance to stall and filibuster so we don't have to talk about this thing you don't... Uh, uh, there's... Uh, just... Uh, Saeed's uh, really cool. <laughs> too late. We gotta talk about Sawyer and Hurley. Let's just rip off that band-aid. Now, I will say, this has some moments. Um, mm-hmm. But it is weird. Because Sawyer is basically the devil. And then yeah. we get more of a lighthearted take on Sawyer. Feels a little jarring coming back and pulling back because, you know, the moment where he's, he wakes up and the frog is going off and then he says, to, talks to Jin, and then, what, we ain't friends anymore? Sort of like, oh, hey, ha, ha. Oh, yeah, he stole all the guns and basically made a fool of everyone. Yes, Jin's right. Um, Jin's right to be upset. <laughs> Poor Jin. Yeah, yeah, the we ain't friends anymore line. It's like, um, uh, did did you forget about everything that happened last week? Well, you see how flippant Sawyer can be about it. I feel like it's almost a sort of defense mechanism, even perhaps. Yeah. It's like his true, de- truly deep down, I think the James of it all. James, you know, underneath all that Sawyer layers that he's built up is mm-hmm. probably feels guilty about what he's done, but there's none of that here. He's like, what? Come on. Like, uh, the same thing with him saying to Kate, it's a good thing you don't hate me, Freckles. Sort of like, right. I'm still, you know, sly, quick-witted Sawyer, even after I've done such a horrible thing to people. Yep. Um, also, you think about the fact that, like, well, his son doesn't know that but but yeah, I mean, or- he's... you orchestrated this man's wife getting taken, and now you have the, the gall just to say, "What we ain't friends anymore," even though he doesn't know. But still, it is yeah, it is a really just like icky yeah, <laughs> just moment where him saying to to Jin after last week's episode, "We're not friends anymore," is like, "Oh come on, man, it's <laughs> horrible." Don't just leave Jin alone. Um, and leave Hurley alone for that matter. He's just trying to enjoy some ranch dressing in the jungle. Even though mm-hmm. I, I do like 
how this sets up what we will address later in Dave in Hurley's mm. episode. We see Hurley's weakness um, yeah. coming out here where he did steal this, you know, he had that great breakthrough and everybody hates you go where, you know, he gave it all to, away to the group, almost this weight off his shoulders. But now there's this whole new weight that we saw foreshadowed in that dream he had where now he's got to take all the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how that is, is explored here where mm-hmm. Sawyer has found, oh, Hurley's not perfect either. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I'm going to use that against him. And then mm-hmm. we explore that a little bit with Hurley saying, you know what? At least people like me, even though I'm flawed. Yeah. 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 I like, I like Hurley standing up for himself in that moment and everything. And it's like, like, yes, it's not good that Hurley, you know, took, you know, had his own stash of the food or whatever, but it's also like, yeah, it, it, there are several instances in this of Sawyer just blatantly not seeing how he's being like a hypocrite or, you know, like he's not real. He's being flippant about what he did last week, you know, with the, the moment with Jin. And then the fact that he's like criticizing Hurley for, you know, having your own stash of the group's food and stuff. And it's like, Sawyer, you took all the guns. Mm-hmm. You, no one else, <laughs> they don't have any of those anymore. And you stole them basically, you know, it's just like, man, not, not a good, not a good moment for Sawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think the main thing I will say about Sawyer here, mm-hmm. with this, what I realized as I'm watching these scenes, mm-hmm. you know, when Hurley says, at least people like me, I'm out of here, and he leaves. It is weird that Sawyer says, wait, Hurley, using his real name, help, yeah, come on, come on, stick around, help me find this frog. Why does Sawyer need help finding the frog? He can find it on his own. Mm -hmm. But he wants that connection. And he doesn't have it anymore with anyone, even Kate. And Mm -hmm. that's why he's looking for even the slightest excuse. You know, he's found he's basically coerced. It's a forced friendship with Hurley here where it's like, I've blackmailed Mm -hmm. you into being my friend. But that's how... He even so that the James of it, the James deep down with inside still wants to have connection with people. Mm-hmm. And this is the only way he can do it in this episode. So that's why Hurley is dragged along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like that, that they, if you read between the lines and you realize, oh, that's what this is about. Sawyer still wants to live together, but he's dying alone, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that is a really good point because yeah like immediately from the beginning he's he's not just going off and trying to find the frog he's he's asking people to help him find it uh-huh. you know um and yeah i hadn't i hadn't really even thought about the fact that hurley doesn't care about the blackmail at some point but sawyer you know no longer having that to motivate hurley is like could you just stay with me you know i don't mm-hmm. want to do this alone that's a really that is a that is a redeeming part of this this yeah. uh plot line at least. Uh 
even if there's a lot around it that I don't like. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is a really interesting point. I think it does come to a head at the end when you look at it this way, where it's all about Sawyer wanting connection. Mm-hmm. And then it, we, they find the frog. And Hurley says, hey, maybe there's another way. Maybe this frog can find happiness. Maybe mm-hmm. we can find him a Mrs. Frog and they can live together. And so and Sawyer, presented with that option, says, I still have to be Sawyer and crushes mm-hmm. the frog. It's like, I cannot choose that. You don't understand, mm-hmm. Hurley. I'm Sawyer. And so we see, it's just like, Hurley's like, wow, this guy is a lost cause right now. Um, and then he has to hold a dead frog in his hand. And, oh, Hurley. <laughs> Bad episode for Hurley. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I hadn't really thought about the kind of the different view of what Hurley is saying there too of, you know, like, like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it, you could almost substitute. Yeah. That conversation for him saying to Sawyer, like, Hey, things don't have to be the way that they are for you right now. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Sawyer is not, Sawyer is not going to change at this point. Um, unfortunately, um, and man, just bare hand crushing that. Ugh, that's horrible. <laughs> the sound effect, it's just nasty. Grody. Grody, yep. grody. Yeah. Poor frog. And poor Hurley's turtle, Stuart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's have a moment of silence for Stuart. Mm-hmm. That's enough. But that, yeah. He... Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough episode all around. Yeah. I, I gotta say. Stuart, that's a great name for a turtle. Good job, Hurley. Way to go, Hurley. Yeah. And way to go, Hurley's mom, for not telling him that uh, <laughs> you killed that turtle. Um, <laughs> you flushed that turtle down the toilet. <laughs> you flushed a turtle. Um, it's gone. It's gone. That's all we know. It's gone. And that just about does it for one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for the books. And uh, I think we got a bid this one to do and shift our focus to next week, which really there's nothing in this episode that kind of foreshadows next week. And mm-hmm. A very, uh, another more of a unique episode we got coming up mm. where we get to find out more about the others from the perspective of our favorite Australian Claire. <laughs> there is one connection that I'm thinking of. That's kind of interesting. The episode ends with, have you forgotten? Oh, you know, do you remember? Yeah. And next week is all about memory, remembering. And that's, that's kind of cool. Point. That's a good point. There wow. you go. Yeah. Perfect transition. <laughs> so that'll be a fun one. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait till next time. But for this time, thanks as always for talking lost with me, bro. Always fun. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. And thanks everyone out there for listening and to you on the message boards. Be nice. Um, Take it easy. Take it easy. What are you doing? Um, But I think all that's left to say is we will see you in another episode, brothers. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.